So, welcome to Film Buddies. This is episode seven on the evolution of Wonder Woman and also other superheroes. And our guest co-host this episode is Jess. Jess, if you want to talk about yourself and your background real quick. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for having me for this episode. I'm very excited to talk about superheroes. Uh, my name is Jess Weiss. I'm a producer. I have more than 10 years of experience in production. I do a lot, mostly, and a lot of narrative features, but I do commercials, theater, um, and events as well, uh, which I like. And yeah, that's that's the the short answer about me. Nice, cool. Um, so yeah, we're focusing on Wonder Woman. I think we'll start with the background on the creation of her character and then we'll talk more about the movie and how it relates to other superheroes and super heroines awesome so i think the movie came out last year two years ago as professor marston i think in the in wonder woman it's like a it's not a documentary it's based on real life of Professor William Moulton Marston mm-hmm. and how he created Wonder Woman. I didn't watch the movie, but I'm really interested after doing all this research and seeing Wonder Woman finally to go back and, and watch that and see how accurate the story is. Totally. Um, yeah, the Professor Marston and Wonder Woman and both the Wonder Woman movies came out in 2017. And I haven't seen Professor Marston either, but I do agree with you that it's fascinating that even as a narrative film, you can talk about the creation of a character so well, and it's such an important character to talk about. And Mm -hmm. I think that that movie, it didn't do very well um, in the box office because it very much played on the role of the man who created Wonder Woman, which I don't think should have been how you create a movie about Wonder Woman, and it made it into a love triangle, which I don't know if it's exactly accurate. And I say I don't know when it I really don't know. <laughs> it So that's interesting because in doing the research, Professor Marston is like, he's a married psychologist, but he also has a live-in mistress. And they all seem to be cool with like the, um, like I, it's not really an open relationship because it's only three people. But, yeah. but from what I could tell, it seemed like his wife's cool with it. Like it's fine. The, the mistress is fine with the wife's there and he's down with both obviously um and i was like that's kind of interesting so i wonder if they chose it as more of a love triangle to add drama and not or maybe i i don't know and i'm not saying that like you know the the love triangle is the issue with it that probably is true from the story but i think that wonder woman um is such an important female superhero and Mm -hmm interesting that they chose to make a movie about the creation of the woman and instead of focusing on the woman in which he based wonder woman on they focus on the professor who created it right that's the 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 biggest thing that i don't know if it's what caused it to not go well or maybe the movie is just not good um (laughs) but you know i think that might have been why Interesting. So maybe I won't enjoy it, but I still might watch it. <laughs> I really want to watch it. It's definitely on, on a list, but not a priority list. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if I get around to it, if I happen to come across that on Netflix or something, exactly. I might just click it. Yeah. Um, but Wonder Woman was created in 1941, and William Moulton Marston, whose name is a mouthful, um, <laughs> is a psychologist who, from my research, is credited as being like the inventor of the polygraph test and being internationally known, which is pretty interesting that then he linked up with a comic artist to create this character, Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's awesome. I Before doing this, I definitely didn't realize that he created the polygraph, which it, it, it wouldn't have surprised me if Wonder Woman had any powers to make sure that people are telling the truth, but unfortunately she doesn't. He should have already right. in. <laughs> At least not without the lasso. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I thought that was interesting. Like, maybe that's why he threw in that the truth lasso or whatever it's called, because he also had a hand in a similar creation. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, that's know. funny. 
But yeah, so she is the longest running and also best known female superhero. So it is interesting that we've had, I don't know, three different Supermans in eight movies or something. Totally. In maybe the span of 15 years. And finally in 2017, we got Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the story of Superman in the 70s, it started with Christopher Reeve. And in movies, we've seen several depictions, as you were saying, of Superman. But Wonder Woman mainly lived in TV up until Mm -hmm. the 2017 movie. And it only came out as Wonder Woman, I think, because of this long trajectory to have women on screen. Because the first time that we see Wonder Woman in theaters with this new Superman comeback is in Superman versus Bat... No, Batman versus Superman, the other way around. Um, (laughs) Which was honestly an awful movie, uh, let's face it. But it's interesting because it introduces the character of Wonder Woman and it introduces the idea of the Justice League to then go into the origin story of Wonder Woman, which we hadn't seen in this this 2,000-plus world um, of films, of DC films. And as... Marvel uh, started releasing female-led films or started introducing more characters like the Black Widow, like Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman started appearing and DC was a front runner in creating the first um, only, like, you know, the first female only led superhero, if I can say that. Right, instead of the collaborative group of the Justice League or whatnot. It is is really interesting, though, that the show in the 70s did, it, I mean, it only lasted three seasons, so I guess it didn't do super great, but it was an interesting, it was interesting to watch the pilot episode and compare it with the movie. Yeah, but at the same time, there were other um, female superheroes at the same time as Wonder Woman. What was he? Mm-hmm. Like, Genie? um was another one and and um there were like three main female superheroes at that time it was genie wonder woman and there was a third one i'm gonna remember it in a second um and all of them was a big deal to have women in front of the screen up until and they were all kind of they were brave and they were superheroes but they were also you know, wearing glasses and wore skirts under their knees and they were very mm-hmm. appropriate, apart from when they were superheroes and then they were badass. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then, but then we moved to the 90s and then we have uh, Xena the Princess Warrior and it's a completely mm-hmm. different um, depiction of what a woman on screen would be. Yeah, it seems like television has been a little more progressive, I guess, with badass female characters right. than film has been. Until recently. Exactly. And I think that in a lot of ways, it has been that way because it would take longer, unfortunately, to tell the woman's story. But in in a season, in a TV show, you get more time to actually be involved in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more time for nuance and I guess exploration, which I think in a lot of more recent movies i'm i'm finding myself at least more recent blockbusters because indie films use a lot more creativity in my personal opinion yeah but i feel like a lot of these big blockbusters especially with a focus on superheroes use the same exact pattern and basically the same exact script and they just like change characters names but with wonder woman and black panther it felt like a unique standalone movie that also is tied to these superhero worlds Mm-hmm. exactly I think that what is interesting about Wonder Woman is that and like you said Black Panther is that they are superheroes by themselves I do have mm-hmm. a little bit of an issue when you know they get a character like Harley Quinn uh, who is a very tertiary character you know we have Batman as a superhero we have Joker as the villain and then Harley Quinn is Joker's like you know love interest and then they make a movie like Birds of Prey, and then they're surprised when that movie flops because it's such a third character that they're trying to come up with a story that would never really existed before. And don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I love Harley Quinn. I love everything that exists around her. 
but she was never written as a main character. And it's then it's hard to turn her into one and, and get an audience around it the same way that they do with male leads. Mm-hmm. And it inflects poorly um, on on the, the female super superhero um, storyline because it's like, well, we're doing movies about women superheroes and they're not good movies. Like, well, yeah, because you're not <laughs> telling the right story here. Yeah. I think it is interesting. Um, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but like, why wasn't Catwoman remade when Batman's been remade and Superman and Spider-Man, you know, like we had Anne Hathaway for one Batman movie. Yeah. I think it wasn't remade because the help help Hillberry version wasn't good either. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, you're trying to make movies about the love interest and they're like, you know, similarly to Elektra uh, from Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. And that movie worked, but she has a whole storyline on how she um, got to become such a great warrior. That is very similar to Kill Bill, for example. Like, Kill Bill is another, like, Avenger almost, you know, like on, on, a, on, a, on a villain note. She, she straight out goes up after these villains who hurt her and hurt the people that she loves but she has such a great storyline and that movie was a success like mm-hmm. we tried to come up with i have no clue how the the black widow movie is going to premiere especially now that its premiere has been canceled because of coronavirus uh, <laughs> but like i don't know what that story is going to be like because we're trying to create a story that didn't exist back or that wasn't relevant back in comic book days. So mm-hmm. who knows how that's going to play out. Yeah, that is interesting, though, because when I was young, I read a lot of comics and mostly read comics about female characters because they're so cool. And mm-hmm. Catwoman had a lot of really neat stories where she would be fighting. I think the other cat-related person is like, maybe she's just called Black Cat or something. <laughs> Um, but, like, they had a really cool, uh, like, they had really cool fights and stuff, and, and it's, I don't know, I guess it's, like, frustrating in a way that I have memories of these characters being awesome yeah. from, from comics as a kid, and then you see them on screen, and you're like, this wasn't the best story you could have chosen. There are so many in, like, hundreds of comics that you could have gone with. Yeah, same with Birds of Prey, actually. Birds of Prey was one of my favorite television um, shows when I was a kid slash teenager and it told the story of an older Batwoman um, and she had gotten hurt and she was now in a wheelchair and now they've just used that name Birds of Prey for the Harley Quinn movie but it has nothing to do with the story I know of Birds of Prey um, <laughs> it's a classic move right and it could have I'm not saying that it didn't happen because like I'm sure somewhere in the comics that might have happened but it's it's, you're just ignoring like a huge portion of what Birds of Prey meant Mm -hmm. and it's it you just lose audience that way Mm -hmm. I agree and I think that the biggest thing that that hurts the the female superhero storyline is that usually it still involves a man it's Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn after she broke up with the Joker is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's, you know, might be the only movie that doesn't revolve that around, around that. And that's why it's so good because it's her origin story and it's how she found out about war and it's, she's trying to fix war. That's what it is. There is a guy in there and that's fine, but the story is not about him. Even Electra. Electra is, happens after what is it the death of her father but also has to do with daredevil already like we've always seen these women next to the man that they support and they don't have their own hero's journey they don't have the call to action rarely um and it's hard to have the same um the to to identify oneself the same way if they're not going through that same journey yeah I think that's fair. Even with Captain Marvel, which it doesn't talk about a guy, but we see her at the end of it, at the end of the journey when she already has powers and she has amnesia, 
trying to figure out who she is and it kind of has like this weird origin story of sorts but yeah the way they told captain marvel i think was very strange and probably didn't suit do the movie justice because i thought the second half of it was really good but them like getting to the point in the first half (laughs) was very boring exactly and that there's a reason why her best friend in that movie is the best character because she's a full-fledged created character she has a daughter and and there's a reason why she was a pilot and you know there Mm -hmm. is so much more there than just hey i have yeah she definitely seemed way more developed than captain marvel which also doesn't make sense because like this is existing intellectual property with developed characters and so i don't understand how it falls short in a translation to a movie right exactly that being said i'm very excited about all like it seems that we're you know talking poorly about these movies but right i'm very excited that they all exist honestly Mm -hmm. and it's so important to be telling those stories and it's so important that we show different types of women from you know the redhead and captain and sorry in black widow to the badass warriors in black panther and it's it gives a presentation a whole other level and it's important that we tell more of these stories and keep getting better stories out there yeah and i think having directors who aren't just white dudes certainly helps because you see in black panther and wonder woman that the storytelling seems more genuine even though it is very fantastical still Uh it's not like a cookie cutter movie that is maybe not the most exciting like i'm not interested in watching anything more with iron man Exactly. I'm tired of it. <laughs> and you know, Mrs. Potts is great, but she is Iron Man's secretary, and she's not right. the story I want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a, yeah. there is a reason why she's there, but you know that she's not the lead. Um, yep. I remember, by the way, the other '70s shows that I was thinking was Bewitched and Lady in the Bottle, and you would see, uh... yeah, these ladies with awesome superpowers, but they still bring dinner at home on time and it's so funny to see how in what is it 50 years how much the world has changed but so wonder woman was created in 1941 but in 1940 and even as early as 1937 there were other female heroes in comics um some of them i'll list a few names just so if people want to look up on the internet they could (laughs) <laughs> there was Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, who appeared in 1937, four years before Wonder Woman appeared in a comic. She also received her own series before Wonder Woman did, which I thought was pretty interesting. Oh, wow. There's, they're, they're really into like this jungle element because there's also another female superhero called Fantoma, and she is like subtitled as Mystery Woman of the Jungle. <laughs> like, like, we're really into the jungle. There's also um, a character named Phantom Lady and Black Fury. Black Fury looked a lot like Catwoman. But doing this research, I was like, wow, I didn't know about any of these women. And I'm like, how did we only learn about Wonder Woman? She just she just happened to, I guess, stick in people's minds as for a much longer time period. I mean, yeah, it's interesting because, like, of course these shows were in the 40s and it's awesome that you would see a representation like that already happening then but wonder woman i think was the american superhero as these other ones are like the woman in the jungle who protects everybody i honestly don't know but it's it's a different type of representation and similarly to superman and like wonder woman represents has the american colors and and has the you know american representation of what we should all be and it's not what we do for a country like it's not what our country right. for, us, <laughs> for our country and it's it matters like that that sticks with us mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think um it maybe also makes a big difference because like these are just appearing in comic form after a period where women were in comics but as like damsels in, in distress only Mm -hmm. But I think you're probably right that it is a factor of, like, Go USA 
because Wonder Woman's characters in comics and in the movie, ultimately, and in the TV show is, you know, fighting against Hitler and the Nazis, which right. is a very American thing we like to hype up is what, you know, the good we did right. in World War II. And it's interesting to see how all these characters came out in the 40s, which was right at the time mm -hmm. of World War II. But at the same time, how all of these um, TV shows also came out during the Cold War. So it all mm -hmm. very much makes sense for us to hype up what America is like and what what the ideal Americans should be doing to keep us from from the spies that are all over us. Like there were mm -hmm. a lot of really great villains back in that time. So it was really awesome to see the superheroes that were created. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't tie together that the 1970s shows were also around the Cold War time, but yeah. you're totally right. <laughs> we're, we're like, oh, we, yeah. just so want... we, just, we just had a lot of really great villains <laughs> and a lot of really great spies back then. It was just like a, a really great melting pot to tell superhero stories. Mm hmm. So for those that don't know about Wonder Woman, her name is Diana. She's the daughter of Queen, I think you say Hippolyta? Hippolyta? I would say Hippolyta, but... Hippolyta? Again. That sounds better. Language, so I really don't know. Yeah, my Greek mythology pronunciation is subpar. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that it's cool that the story uses Greek mythology, that, that her mother is the queen of the tribe of the Amazons, but that like she's sculpted from clay slash possibly Zeus's child. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a neat blend of like this, I guess the real and the mythology. Yeah, and that's something that I really, really like. Um, I'm a huge Greek mythology fan. And even going back to what I said about um, Hero's Journey. Um, Hero's Journey is very much based on Greek myths, and it talks about this hero who's born a hero without knowing that they are heroes. And in this scenario, um, her mom is a queen, but her mom is not a goddess. She's a semi-goddess. Um, so mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that can take Wonder Woman's powers away. Um, and it's about her fight and it's about her understanding of who she is. And that's also what makes the story so good. It's like her leaving her home, which is very well protected to mm -hmm. go fight the good fight um, and to go figure out what she can do for the world, which is very much yep. part of the um, original Greek myths like Hercules and so many mm -hmm. other um, fantastic heroes. Yeah, sacrificing oneself for the good. Right. Although, ultimately, they don't really die. Right. But that's just part of the storytelling. Exactly. <laughs> that's the important part. Yes. They can live to save another community. Exactly. Um, and when she was created in the 1940s, Professor Marston? I don't know why I'm, I'm questioning the professor part. Mr. Oh. Marston? <laughs> He, he's quoted as saying, Wonder Woman is psychological propaganda for the new type of woman who should, I believe, rule the world. Which I think is awesome that someone in the 1940s is like, you know what? Women should be in charge. That is really awesome that he created the character. And, and I really like that, you know, that he created the polygraph and, and then incorporated that with her lasso. Um, mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It's also kind of, un I think it's particularly interesting because he is obviously creating her to be sort of like a feminist, I guess, icon. Mm-hmm. Because he viewed women as a superior gender, according to my research. <laughs> like, I don't totally know. I can't ask him because he's passed right, away. Exactly. But, but the research seems to say that seems to show that he, he thinks women were the superior gender and were better suited to leading than men. Um, but it, So it's interesting that like he passed in the late 40s and then suddenly Wonder Woman's becoming like more sexy and right. less, um, like more of, not quite like a sex doll character, but not as focused on, I guess, being a hero in general. Yeah, it's also interesting because like I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but there is this idea 
I think since the comic books that applies to the movie is that she cannot fall in love. And it's almost the Star Wars idea or the Jedi idea of you can give in to your feelings because feelings make you weak. Um, mm. And I think that that was important to see in a woman because a woman has often been portrayed as the mother and uh, mm. like interesting to see how that idea that a woman could not right. have emotions um, could work as well and that a woman should abstain from love and sh- like love and relationships shouldn't be the, the main goal of a woman's life. That in itself is so avant-garde for the 40s. Um, it's so unexpected. It wasn't until... I think it was the early 1970s that they tried a made-for-TV movie that flopped, and then they made the show with Linda Carter. Linda Carter? Uh, yes, and then there's a character, Peggy Carter, um, in the new shows in because of Linda. Oh, interesting. That's fun. Or is it the other way? Yeah. That's cool that That's they, why like, they pay look homage black. that way. Yeah, and that's also a Marvel character, so haha, do you see you didn't come up with that? <laughs> um, one thing that I thought was interesting before we talk more about the show was that one of the reframes of Wonder Woman, one of like the ways that they changed her up, was in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. They had her give up her powers so she could continue living in a man's world, which yep. is really upsetting because why would anyone give up their powers? to stay on earth so she like became more like batman she learned martial arts and like weapon skills but that's stuff that she already learned on the island she grew up on so it the 60s seemed like a really bizarre time for wonder woman yeah i always find it weird when they when they get his superheroes to give up their powers the only time it works is in the animated movie hercules when like meg is in trouble and he gets his powers back that's the only time that it really makes mm-hmm. sense is like <laughs> 80s. um but like everything else is like it's not it's not feasible especially for a longer period of time like how would that even work how do you take the powers away mm-hmm. yeah, anyway and how do you get them back Right, I think, exactly. I think to me, it is like, it feels like a lazy way to change the arc of, right. oh, well, we don't really know what to do anymore, so let's just take away the powers and have them cope. Well, it's an issue when you create a character that is too powerful, and we kind of see that issue again with Captain Marvel, because mm-hmm. with Captain Marvel, they've created the kind of the, the perfect superhero that can destroy everything. And that's why they made her a little bit absent, because if she was always there, then there would be no plot, because you can always, she can always save the world. Right. Um, but if there's a way of taking out the superhero's powers, be that as it may, with, pre- with the hero's kryptonite of sorts, then mm-hmm. the villain has a fighting chance and we all care more. But sometimes it's very done very poorly yeah yeah i think i mentioned this to you before the podcast was that i was really upset about x-men and what they did to rogue (laughs) and then i didn't want to watch any more of the x-men movies because i thought like she is my favorite comic book hero and i have the first few comics of when they made her own series and um i was like she would not she would not do that (laughs) so i was so upset when i when i saw that movie and that they chose to do that. Yeah, and Rogue was such a powerful character. She mm-hmm. was very much like Mystique in a in a couple of different ways that she mm-hmm. she knew who she was, but she would incorporate other powers and other people and she knew how to use them against mm-hmm. them. And it was so freaking badass. Yeah. And then they give her like in the movie they give us this teenage girl who is very lost and I kind of feel like they did that because they wanted to kind of introduce that idea of Jean Grey who then becomes the phoenix and mm-hmm. like a parallel there between the two women but it still kind of ruined Rogue for me too and yeah and, and the phoenix too it wasn't well done in the movies <laughs> she's supposed to be this amazing 
warrior woman who has mm. all the powers in the world and the movie she just feels completely lost and she just feels like she doesn't know what she's doing and can't control herself whereas in the comic books she was she was the best yeah i couldn't commit to the movie because i saw the trailer and was like pre not impressed with yeah. what they had done to her character and i was like i don't i don't want to watch it and then be upset that they might have ruined the phoenix for me also <laughs> so yeah. i'm just like i'll just stay away from that one save myself a little a little anger. Yeah, I do like the Tempest in the X-Men movies, though. She is Storm. Uh, she mm-hmm. is fantastic. Um, it's, and I think they did, they did her very well. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that's a character they got really, really well done. Storm could have her own movie. Storm could definitely have her own movie. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder like, let's pitch it. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if they're predicting the future right now. It might. It might happen. Oh, that'd be really cool. I mean, that being said, though, when they did the whole, like, Jennifer Lawrence is America's sweetheart. Let's make Mystique good. Um, they totally lost me there, and they created the whole <laughs> alternative new timeline. Like, right. I, I don't know how they're going to save themselves from that. It's like, why did, why did you even cast her in that character? if you can't let the character live its life. Right, exactly. Like, um, no, she's a villain. (laughs) She has always been a villain. You don't need to make her, like, save someone from freaking, like, what is it? Like, she killed a terrorist, whatever it was. So weird. (laughs) So weird. Yeah, I don't... I... I've, it confuses me the choices they make, I think, because it's not as if some random Hollywood studio is making Marvel or DC movies. It's like Marvel is making their own movies. So how can they be getting them so so wrong sometimes? Yeah, but similarly to like Fantastic Four, um, the issue was, and I don't know how it is right now because we haven't seen Fantastic Four in a while, but the the reason yeah. why we would see so many Fantastic Four movies in the early 2000s was a fight uh, for copyright, that if you had the copyright mm. and you weren't using it for the longest time, you would lose it. So it mm-hmm. made more sense to make a movie and profit from that movie, even if you didn't profit all of it, than to lose the copyright um, to, to certain storylines. Um, but right now, maybe they have other things in play that are, are making that copyright stay alive. But that is kind of why. And I think that that's why we saw so many crappy movies come out. Um, Spider-Man is another great example. And that whole Andrew Garfield fiasco. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, that's why. Oh, man. I mean, I guess that actually makes sense. Because it's like three movies in quick succession or two movies in quick succession both of which are kind of mediocre. And both of which have the same exact story. It was like the origin story of the superheroes. And then Iron Man came in and really changed the game and, and made mm-hmm. them fun again. Um, yeah, then, I, think, yeah. I think you're right. And that's why we've gotten 25, 25, I think. 25 Iron Mans? Yeah, like 25 <laughs> movies that were pretty much the same after that. Um, yeah. And they were like, people love these. Let's just make them over and over again and like add in other characters like Captain America. Right. And then another movie that came in and and messed things up with Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like, oh, you, you've never heard of us. We've existed for a while, but we're a bunch of misfits together and but we're fun. <laughs> um, so it was awesome to, to see them come in. And I think that, like, you know, going back to Wonder Woman, I do think that Wonder Woman and Black Panther were heavy hitters um, on this this new wave of storyline and talking about new types of heroes that aren't mm-hmm. new, that aren't new at all. But it's like, hey, we've always been here, but now you care about us. Now we are allowed right. to be on screen. Yeah, allowed. Allowed. But, I mean, it is true. It's like it, you are only... I mean, was I don't know if Black Panther was in any of the movies before he had his own movie. Was he a, like a he was? Um, we see him in one of the Avengers, and we see when uh, when we 
we see his father and we see the, the assassination of his father. And that's oh, okay. what he is uh, dealing with in Black Panther. Gotcha. Um, and that's what we, we meet him as the prince of Wakanda. Um, and it's great. Nice. Yeah, I I guess on a similar note, when I was looking at Black Widow, I thought, okay, how many of these like Iron Man, Captain America type movies has she been in? And what? from what I can count, that she was has been in seven superhero movies from like Avengers to Captain America to Iron Man. Wow. So so it's wild that like she is a secondary or tertiary character in seven movies right. before she finally gets to be the lead of her own. And I probably won't watch it because I don't like Scarlett Johansson, but that doesn't yeah. mean that she sh- shouldn't have her own movie as a character. But I mean, like, and, and here's the other thing, too, which is an issue in female superhero movies. Like, it's very rare that we see the superhero, the female superhero by herself. Wonder Woman has all the Amazons behind her. Captain Marvel has her best friend and has that other woman character who is, you know, who has powers, too. Mm-hmm. Black Widow has her sister. Um, and Har- Harley Quinn has all the birds of prey. And it's like, why don't you allow us to have a female superhero movie in which is just the female superhero by herself. And she's the only one with powers and she is enough. Like it always Mm -hmm. has to be like this, um, this thing that motivates her. It's like, what motivates men? They're just there. It's like, well, (laughs) you you, you need to give, it's not that you need to give women backstory, but, and you need to give, every character a backstory and a, and a structure and, and a curve and a journey, but don't make it about all the other women around them. Also don't make it about all the other men around them, make it about them. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's really missing on a lot of these storylines. Yeah. I thought Wonder Woman did a really great job of showing how much she respected where she was from, but still yeah. deciding her own path. Mm-hmm. And, and her own path wasn't just for like the good of, I don't know what paradise is it called Paradise Island? It wasn't like for the good of Paradise Island. It right. was for the good of this other person. Uh-huh. And I'm not so into the whole love story with Tri- Steve Trevor because I feel like that was unnecessary from the movie. But I know he's a big character in the from the comics to the 1970s yeah. TV show and on. So it's like you can't get rid of him. But yeah, the and only I- thing I wasn't impressed with was was how prominent he was in like her I guess the character's mind and how knowing that spoiler alert he explodes at the end in a, in a plane right and that that's like what has her realize her true potential it's like mm. yeah and we've all seen that storyline you know of like you know Spider-Man mm-hmm. only figures out that he's able to do things when MJ is in danger. Same with Superman <laughs> is in danger. So that I, I, it bugs me, but it doesn't bug me because it, it's a, it's a, it's something that we've seen over and over and over again in superhero storylines. Yeah. But at the same time, she's had all this power all the time. And, and like Captain Marvel is the, the one that bugs me the most, but that one doesn't have too much to do with the, with a guy it's like oh mm. i probably understood how to use my power it's just like but then then again there i'm like but how did you finally understand it like there was n- right. nothing much that really prompted you there so eh, yeah. yeah 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 i did i thought wonder woman was really cool it was a really cool movie to watch i felt like oh yeah, okay I now i can be a little bit more excited about these movies again because i think the biggest thing for me was that, like, Gal Gadot, 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 is, she's gorgeous, but they're not focusing, like, aside from, like, a few funny comments on, like, how men find her so attractive in the movie, it's not, like, her being, I like, seductive or anything, it's right. just her being badass. And, on a, and what I think is super cool as, like, a backstage thing or behind-the-scenes thing is that she was pregnant throughout most of the shooting of that movie. And I don't know if... No way. Say it again? I said, no way. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. She Mm-mm. was pregnant. She was in early pregnancy. I don't know if it's for the entirety of the movie or if just oh. for portions of the reshoots. 
But yeah. there are lots of times that they cover her belly or they, they frame it out because she was like three to four months pregnant. And wow. yeah, it's awesome. And that's another reason why we need more female directors who mm-hmm. understand how pregnancy works and understand <laughs> that she can be a female superhero um, and, you know, how to frame it out or how to incorporate that she has normal body figures. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, she doesn't have to be a Photoshop version of herself to be an awesome, amazing superhero. But yeah, yeah. she's pregnant. It's super cool. That's wild. I would have never guessed. Yeah. That, that is super cool. And I mean, it seemed like she did a lot of her, not, maybe not a lot, but it seems like she did quite a few of her own stunts. I think so, yeah. Similarly to even like Rey in Star Wars too. She's another mm-hmm. female leader um, that is awesome to see be the protagonist in the new trilogy, even if the mm-hmm. trilogy is still surrounded by men. And even if the, I think the entire trilogy um, doesn't pass the Bechdel test, which I find it very surprising, but it's true. Even with all the amazing female superheroes in that movie. Wow. But yeah, they never <laughs> talk about, they barely talk to each other. And whenever they do, they talk about men. Um, oh, wow. But anyway, but it's <laughs> um, how, how the industry is changing and how we are looking for more female stories out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels interesting that it's also taken so long that, I, well, I guess it feels like every decade, it, it feels as if we go two steps forward every decade and then like a right. step back the next decade. So it, there is progress. It's just not the quickest. Yeah, let's take a step back. We kind of do take two steps forward in trying to go over all the bad things that are happening. And now we have all these voices trying to speak up about all mm. the bad things that are happening. So even right now in quarantine times, like I think a lot of people are writing and using our storytelling skills to talk about everything that is happening. And I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. It'll be interesting, I guess, to see in the next five years what comes out. So I guess what's being like currently in pre-production now through 2022. And then we'll see in the next five years what actually comes up comes of that yeah exciting time Uh, to live in yeah let's let's take a little detour down television land (laughs) talk about uh yeah so xena the princess warrior buffy the vampire slayer i guess sabrina the teenage witch falls in a similar category exactly and i think sabrina uh came did a comeback right now in a much more um horror or like you know a freaky approach than she did in her 90s self mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty cool to see these like dark female superheroes coming out too which we hadn't seen before and in that way um it, it kind of reminds me of, of jessica jones too because we see her as this um inspector detective wannabe after um she's had she's had an awful encounter with the villain of the show and we basically see her like coming to terms with herself and who she is up until spoiler alert but the show is over five years old so i'm gonna do it um (laughs) up until she realizes that she had the powers all along and that is pretty cool that she she thought that um that her powers didn't work with the villain, but they always did. And it was just her fear and her mind that was blocking it. Um, and that I think is like, you know, was a very psychological way of using a superhero that we hadn't seen before up until up until Jessica, which is great. That That is really cool. I feel like there's a little bit of that in Xena because she was like a warlord before the show. And then yeah. she's transitioning to, you know, a more... Because of her sidekick, Gabrielle, she's turning into this more, not necessarily wholesome, but like she cares about people and their well-being. But you still see in throughout the seasons how she has weak spots because it's not a path that she's necessarily familiar with or just 
you know, like how everyone does have doubts about what they're doing. Uh-huh. So I think it is really nice when you can see them. It's hard to watch now because it's like so old and the technology is so bad in it. Right. <laughs> the VFX yeah, is so, so bad. Funny. But but it's still nice when you see it and you're like, okay. So they they took their time developing these characters in the show. Yeah, I and I love when they develop characters. You know, it's like it's and when you see the the whole curve of what they go through and and when they realize something about themselves um, through their journey. It's it's just the best. That's that's what mm-hmm. real storytelling is. Yeah, but it is interesting that like we had those three shows. I think nineties ish, and then yeah. it took a decade before we got Supergirl and Jessica Jones. Right. Right. So and what will we get? In another 10 years. Well, and <laughs> yeah, and if we look at television right now, you know, Jessica Jones uh, had two seasons, uh, but because of the, the whole Marvel Disney um, sale, like they stopped producing it. Supergirl, I think, is still doing well, but I don't know of any other female superhero TV shows. Do you? Mm. Like we're, we're seeing a lot of them coming. Nothing's coming to mind. Um, yeah. But then we see the show like The Boys on Amazon, which you would want to think that it's a very avant-garde film, but it, as the title might reference, I, it's, it's a show that (laughs) shocks me that it got approved right now because you're, like you were saying, like we take a step forward, we take two steps back. It's, Mm -hmm. it's such a misogynistic show. It's such a bad show. Like it talks, it's so much about privilege and it's so much about men. Yeah, I only saw the first episode and quickly realized it was not for me. Yeah, I, I, I watched the pilot and I reached out to a group of women being like, has anybody seen this? Is, how, how is this okay? And a lot of people started commenting about the different thoughts on, on it. And there is a silver lining at the end, but it's kind of like too late by then. It's like, I don't want to subject myself to that until we finally see women win um mm-hmm. which is just too close to home yeah yeah I, I yeah it is interesting that we have the capabilities it's very clear to create cool shows that are inclusive whether that's like gender or race or sexuality and then we still make things that seem very stuck in an older era yeah exactly <laughs> That's like, oh, a sad note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hopefully, you know, we, we, we can uh, keep up this trend of, well, basically fe- female characters, whether superhero or not, having, being able to be the lead in a television show or movie that has developed characters and isn't very tropey and stereotypey. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because, like, you know, we, we always see the uh, trend of, like, TV and film, TV and film, right? And in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, we see that TV is coming up with great content right now. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are turning to TV, to streaming, more than they're going to the movies because films feel a little repetitive. Um, yeah. And as much as we might not be seeing um, superheroes with, you know, superpowers on TV that much. We do have like characters like Daenerys on Game of Thrones or even like the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, who's an incredible lead. It's a completely different type of show, but women are owning TV much more than they did in a while. Um, Mm -hmm. Then we see female superheroes on the big screen. But that being said, we're also seeing a lot more superheroes on the big screen than we are seeing it on TV. So probably that's why. Oh, one more question. Did you see the movie Fast Color? I didn't. I don't even know about it. Oh, it's a movie that's been on my to-watch list. It's from 2018 or 2019, and it is a superhero film about a girl who has supernatural abilities. But oh, yeah. The lead is Gugu Mbatha-Ra. Um, and I wonder if it's not as popular because i think it's an independent movie but also because the lead is a woman of color right i think that was something about like the marketing cost of that movie and how it, it they just didn't do a good job but i don't mm-hmm. know if you saw this 
But yesterday, people were posting about it on my Facebook being like, we need to watch this film. And hey, it's on Prime Video, so we should really be watching it. Oh, I think it's on my Hulu, so. There you go. That'll be my weekend watch. Brilliant. The last thing I want to do then is describe why Wonder Woman's great according to Screen Rant. Okay. And it, it had about eight different things that made her awesome. One was that she's royalty and she's a goddess and she doesn't need a secret identity, although she does have her alter ego. But her alter ego is a nurse and therefore still helpful. (laughs) So Uh it's not like, um, she's not like, I guess, Clark Kent writing newspaper stories. She's still helping people in her alter ego. Um, And then two more things that throw a little bit of shade at Batman and Superman are... (laughs) One, that her existence doesn't inspire villains. Like, they're not like, oh, Batman exists, therefore the Joker must rise to That's a really good point. give him a challenge. Yeah. And then the other one was that she doesn't endanger the world around her, which we see, like, Batman and Superman destroy half the Earth trying to save one person. <laughs> but, yep. But she doesn't really do that because car- she cares about the other people that are in the area she's fighting, which we saw in the movie that... Um, she could have gone and not helped that village, but she she did. Yeah, exactly. Like, she'll never have a Martha moment. <laughs> oh, and she can lift Thor's hammer, so super cool. Exactly. I mean, yep. isn't she the only other person who can, apart from Captain America? I think so, yeah. It's awesome. a very small club. Yeah. <laughs> All right, where can listeners find you, Jess? Listeners can find me on Instagram. I'm under the handle producer Jess. And um, you can also find me on my website, uh, which is www.jess-weiss.com. Cool. And thank you so much for having me. This was super yeah. fun, and I could talk about superheroes forever. Because <laughs> yeah. um, like I'll, I'll put um, the links to your Instagram and your website yeah. in the show notes, so it's easy to find. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. This was fun. 